who in their, their right mind would be taken up with an, an unarmed violence uh, skewing away from a nonviolent uh, preacher who is on his way to his doom and inviting us to tag along. Yet exactly that's what's going on today because Jesus is about to pivot. He's finishing his Galilean ministry and he is now looking, as the gospel says, resolutely, resolutely to Jerusalem. He's going to go. He has to go. For this he was born, for this is the place where this must take place. And he invites us to, to go along. He wants us to follow in his footsteps. Where is he going? To Jerusalem. Why? Because that's where the action is going to be. That's where the redemption is going to take place. He knows it, and nothing, absolutely nothing, is going to stop him. He knows what's going to happen. As a matter of fact, he told his disciples before the passage we have this morning that the Son of Man is going to be rejected. He's going to be forgotten and hated by both the church and the state, by the scribes and the Pharisees and the political figures, and they will mock him and beat him and kill him, and he will rise on the third day. He's told them all of this. And so he is going. And they, they sent out a little uh, advance uh, team to check everything out because he, he wants to get there right away. And, of course, the shortest way between where he is now and Jerusalem is going through Samaria. So they, they go in, they send the advance team out to Samaria to check it out. And the Samaritan says, hell no, you're not going to go through our town. We, we, we have our temple here. He's going to Jerusalem. That's where the temple that he wants it to have. No, no, you're not welcome here. So they come back with the report, and of course, good old Jimmy and Johnny, they never get it right. Jimmy and Johnny are going, oh, oh, they, they're the ones who want to know who's going to be first in the kingdom, but they want to sit at the right and the left. Now they want to say, listen, there was, there's no... It's not surprising that they call James and John the sons of thunder. Lots of noise, no action. And what they want to do is they want to call down from heaven all kinds of powers to destroy those atheists, those people who don't see the way we see it. We are the righteous ones. We are the right one. And, 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 and it, all that the scripture says is that Jesus rebuked him, but I, my hunch is he turned to them and he said, oh, just shut up. Just, he is not going to enter into a violent confrontation. That's not who he is. There is, and I don't know how many times we have to say it before we're going to begin to believe it, there's no violence in God. There's no condemnation in the divine. The only thing that the divine has in the divine's purse is love, mercy, and forgiveness. You can only give what you got. That's all he's got to give. So he's not about to set a war. So he goes the long way around. But he wants to do some calling as he's traveling. So he's calling people to himself. Next week we're going to find out that he's already got 72 people who have responded to his call. And they're going to go out and do what he did when he was in Galilee. Proclaim the kingdom, heal, cast out demons. They're going to do all kinds of wonderful things. But for right now, he's doing the calling He's doing the calling, but like every calling, 
there's always a, a little pushback. There's always a question. Today is all about call and response, God's call and our response. And all we have to do is go through the scriptures. We got Moses going, da, da, bah, 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 I'm, a stu, 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 I'm a stutterer, I, I can't do this. We, we got uh, uh, Isaiah going, oh, I'm not me, I'm, I don't, don't look at me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a potty mouth, man. I'm using all kinds of bad language. And, he's, and Jeremiah, I'm too young. I'm too young. Even in my own case, I can remember I was doing very well. I was working as a door-to-door salesman. I was making Boku bucks because I get a lot of mileage on my mouth. I was doing fine. <laughs> you know, at the end of my junior year, and I, and, and, and I quit the job and got in the car, and at 6.30 every morning, I'm at Mass at St. Michael's Church. After about a week, I'm going, what am I doing here? And I can remember looking up. I don't think these are the words I use, but I really said, you talking to me? And, of course, the answer is, yeah. Yeah, I'm talking to you. I think I want you. I think I'm calling you. Now, uh, there was no way I was going to go unless, until this was tested, until I put a little fleece before the Lord, until I wanted to make sure this is going to be it, because if I'm going to go to the seminary and I'm going to be a priest, I want to know for sure. So I, I went to the surest person I know, and I did the most holy thing I knew how to do in 1959 or 1960 as a, a sophomore in high school. I made a novena. But I didn't just make any own novena. I made a novena to my very best favorite saint, Saint Martha. Huh? whiny, neurotic, workaholic. <laughs> Could I relate? Now, nothing like our St. Martha over here. <laughs> Maybe the workaholic part. But outside of that, and, and, and at the end of it, yeah, okay, all right, I'll, I'll do what I've got to do. I know that you've called me, and you don't want me to look back. And I, 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 I've, I've often said I've lost my faith, oh, at least six or seven times throughout the last 50 years. Never lost my vocation. I never doubted the fact that I was called and that this is what I was called to respond. When everybody, every once in a while, somebody will say, oh, Father, you really missed your calling. I said, no, I didn't. I missed a lot of things, but that's not one thing that I missed at all. And that's what's going on today with Elisha and Elijah. God tells Elijah, I want this one. You give him your stuff. You throw your mantle over him, and he does. And Alicia immediately says, well, then let me, let me follow you, but, but let me say goodbye to my mom and dad. And, and, and then Elijah says some interesting, he says, go away. What, what have I done to you? Go away. And he does. He goes away, but he, he knows he's been called. But he's got he's to get his ducks in a row. He's got to get his life in order. So he goes, and what does he do? He's, fly, he's plowing behind 12 oxen. He, he slaughters the oxen. He takes his uh, uh, plow and, and makes it into wood. He throws a feast for his family. But what else has he done? He's just gotten rid of his means of survival, his means of support. And in, well, like you who are Franciscans know, when you let go of all the things that you think you've got to cling to, you're free. He's now free to follow Elijah. Now, Jesus today in the gospel is not so interested in us getting ourselves ready. There is an urgency to his call. Now. I want you to come now. 
Why? Because I'm going to the cross. And he knows until he, he holds the tension, and, and this, I think, is the mystery of, of redemption, to hold the tension between heaven and earth, between life and death, between sin and grace. You know, St. Bonaventure said it most clearly. Jesus is crucified on the coincidence of opposites. What does he do? He takes the pain and the suffering of the world, and he takes it to himself. That kind of suffering, that kind of pain is going to lead to death. But we know that love cannot die. We know that love will always survive and that love will always win and be victorious. He knows that in his heart and he knows that it's the same as true for his followers. So he's saying, come, follow me. We're not quite always ready to do that. We always want to kind of check out the cost benefit. What's it going to be costing me and what's going to be the benefit? And one tells him, look, it, I, 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 I will follow you wherever you go. Ah, he's got his first one. And Jesus responds with an amazing response. And he says, uh, the, 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 the foxes have dens and the birds have their nest, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. You want to follow me? You're not going to be comfortable all the time. He never promised us a rose garden. Well, he promised us roses, but we had to go through the thorn of the garden before we got to those roses. He, he says it's going to be expensive. Uh, Bonhoeffer tells us there is no cheap grace and there is a cost to discipleship. Yesterday we celebrated those who have paid the price for what it means to be a disciple of God. And another calls out, he calls out to another, and he says, he says, uh, uh, you, you come and follow me. And he says, uh, I will. I'd be happy to follow you. Uh, but uh, first let me bar, bury my father. His father's not dead. What, what, what he's saying is, first, I've got to go take care of, of, of business. I've got to make sure I've got enough money in the bank. I've got to make sure I've got enough security. I, I, will, I will follow you, Lord, as soon as I've got all my ducks in a row, as soon as I know what's going on, and then, I'll, then I'll follow you. And, of course, Jesus says this devastating sentence, let the dead follow the dead. Let the dead bury the dead. Your job, your job is to come and proclaim good news. Your job is to proclaim the kingdom, to heal the sick, to cast out the evil and the ugly of the world, to confront it face on. That's your holy work. To another, he says, I will follow you, but first let me say goodbye to my mother and my father. And he says in reply to him, anyone who looks back, do not look through that rearview mirror. You are not going to make America great again. You're not going to make the church great again. You can't go back to what is gone. It's gone. Your job is to go forward. If you look back, you're not worthy of the kingdom that I am proclaiming. We know the saying, huh? You put your, you put your ear to the ground and, 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 and your nose to the grindstone and your, and your shoulder to the wheel and no, try and work in that position. No. No, no, once you make the decision, you don't look back. And that's what we celebrated yesterday. 
when five of our sisters whose jubilees we celebrated said, yeah, I've, I've made my decision. I will not look back. I will go forward. And how you've gone forward, for those who we celebrated yesterday came in into an old church. And you heard the call when John the 23rd said, renew. Sister Georgine wrote the prayer for renew. To renew our lives, to renew our order, to see it in a brand new light, to see that we are not just in our cloistered little world, but called, as Francis was called, to go out to the world and transform the world and see the beauty and the glory all over. You've done that. You've done that. And, and we continue to, to praise you and bless you for that wonderful commitment. That's what it means to be a disciple and a follower of the Lord. What's he asking for? What in the world is he asking for? My, uh, my response is uh, everything. He wants it all. He wants it all. Uh, not because he wants us just to bow down before his majesty or her majesty. He does not want us just to be groveling. He wants us to be what he is and do what he did. The job of the disciple is to follow the master. Where has the master gone? The master has gone to bear the mystery. Uh, in these times that we are so divided, we are called to bear the mystery, to hold on to both ends. And, and the only tools we have, the only tool we have in our quiver, the only arrow we have is, is love, is Cupid's love. That's all we can do, and that's all we can aim, and that's all we can possibly begin to, to hope to do. And that's what we shall do. That's what we shall do. I think there's a new word, and I think if we're going to be the bridge builders, you know, we've we got to find, we got to follow right now who our present Pontifex Maximus is, you know, and, our, and Pontifex Maximus, you know, is the name for the Pope, and in Pons, Pontus means bridge and he is the master bridge builder. I want to tell you, if you're going to be a bridge between the left and the right, you're going to be a bridge between those who see it the way you see it and see it absolutely the opposite of the way you see it. You're going to be walked on from both sides. That's what it means to be a bridge. You are called to be a bridge to the fullness of life, and it's going to hurt. It's going to sting. There is no cheap grace. And I think we need to follow what the Pontifex Maximus has to say to us right now, what our Holy Father's new byword is right now. You know, the byword for John Paul II was solidarity. You stand in solidarity, especially with those who are without power. You stand in solidarity with love and mercy. I think the byword that we're going to hear from, from Francis, that we're already hearing from Francis, and it's a strange word. Synodality. We're going to be hearing a lot about this, the synod on synodality. What's that mean? It means to listen. We spend so much time honing our arguments, we are in, incapable of hearing the other. If we're going to be a bridge between both sides, and we have never been so polarized as we are right now, we're going to have to pay the price 
And the price is going to have to be to sometimes put our absolute sureties and securities in our back pocket and listen to the pain and the suffering of the other and bear that pain and carry that pain. I, I, I don't know of any other way because we are, we are so truly divided and we need to meet in the middle. That's where the cross comes to bear. That's what we are called to bear. That's who we are called to be. That's where our leader leads us. Anywhere, if we are truly to be his disciples, which means active followers, then we have to follow the footpaths, footpath that he has set before us.